Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. This episode will feature the best of and unheard bits of 2021, so far. 2021 promised to start off normal, but of course, it was anything but. It began with the insurrection at the United States Capitol and the resulting second impeachment trial of Donald Trump, and the year is not over. Here is a look back at what we talked about in 2021, plus some bits that didn't make the initial airing. Joining us tonight are... Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Michelle Wojcikowski, Linda Landeros, David Kay, Sidney Allen, Lucy Strassball, Chelsea Carr, JJ Boyd, Shireen Kassam, Ward Morrow, and Amy Siskin. During the recording of the electoral votes in Congress, the joint session was shut down when Trump supporters, some armed, entered the U.S. Capitol following Trump's speech at a rally in D.C., Once they were absolutely 100% sure that these white rioters were dangerous, the Capitol Police decided to take action. 
It seems like only yesterday when we could say the ugliest part of the remaining days of Trump's term was Eric. <laughs> Despite the potential for the usual delays and protestations, at the rate we're going, I am confident that Joe Biden will be sworn in as president on January 20th, 2033. The House of Representatives have impeached Donald Trump for the second time following his incitement of supporters to storm the Capitol building. We should note this episode was recorded before Trump and his family fled to North Korea, only to be sent back because Kim Jong-un doesn't like competition. <laughs> Conservatives moved to a social media website called Parler, where, in order to be verified, you have to give your name, address, and a copy of your driver's license. Ah, yes. Nothing says fighting tyranny and restrictions on freedom by forking over your name, address, and a photo of yourself to a rogue tech company run by millionaires. <laughs> Way to own the libs. Now that Parler is shut down, another social media website where they're moving is called Telegram, which is fitting as that may be their only way of communicating after being thrown off the internet. <laughs> on his first day in office, Joe Biden signed 15 executive orders undoing the actions of Donald Trump. This shows how uniquely American Biden is, that he's like the employee who comes in for a shift to find the guy he's relieving, Trump, has left early, and Biden is the guy who has to fix all the shit that Trump didn't do. <laughs> On his final day in office, Trump issued a pardon for the ex-husband of Fox commentator Jeanine Pirro. That was considered the worst thing for a president to do on his last day of office since Lincoln said, I wish something would happen to make this play more interesting. The idiot with the horns and the war paint who stormed the Capitol, known as the QAnon shaman, told his family he would not eat because the prison, where he was, was not feeding him organic food. Fortunately for him, he was given assurances that his cellmate's sperm is organic. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Joe Biden met with 10 Republican senators this week to discuss a coronavirus relief package that was only a third of what Biden and the Democrats are asking. Basically, it was like watching a farmer meeting with 10 butchers to determine when the hogs are going to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> Biden's campaign slogan was build back better. Upon seeing the goings on of the Republican Party, essentially half of the legislative branch, the slightly modified slogan is, ah, just patch it up and I'll deal with it as is. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy will not remove Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committee assignments, despite complaints about her endorsing QAnon conspiracy theories and the idea of assassinating Democratic elected officials. Kevin McCarthy looks and sounds like he's been named Dominatrix Client of the Year for several years in a row now. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy not only looks like he's fallen off the back of a turnip truck, but he looks as though he's put his dick in the exhaust of one. Ouch. <laughs> there goes the PG rating. <laughs> Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene posted a theory about how the California wildfires were caused by a space laser being funded by the Jews. If she was right about the existence of space lasers, then they would hardly stick to burning California. They would take her out as well. Likewise, if space lasers existed to take out anyone who corrupted the elites, then I would have been gone a long time ago for pointing out on Twitter multiple times that my state's governor, Larry Hogan, is a fat fuck. <laughs> and as a result, the worst chemotherapy patient ever. Marjorie Taylor Greene looks like someone you would hire as a witch in a haunted house in a children's party. I feel sorry for the poor bastard who's married to her and has to listen to her. I imagine he can't help 
but wake up every morning and be terrified of the thought of, dear God, I'm married to Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene basically puts the hate in the term hate fucking. <laughs> Fans in Tampa Bay celebrated on the streets after the Buccaneers Super Bowl win. No masks, no social distancing, and wild, erratic, unrestrained behavior. That sounds like the Capitol insurrection, but with Tom Brady jerseys. The FBI is still investigating and making arrests in last month's insurrection at the Capitol. They have a lot of work to do, judging by the fact that none of my neighbors have been hauled away in handcuffs. <laughs> First Amendment advocate and Penthouse Magazine founder Larry Flint passed away. If you thought that he already died, you'd be forgiven, as his legs passed away years ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should say that we uh, had to reschedule this because we usually record on Wednesday nights. And while last Wednesday night, there was, uh, you know, so much going on that, you know, we decided to postpone. I couldn't imagine like your thoughts of, uh, I couldn't imagine your thoughts, Linda, just because it's like, oh, the only thing that's going on is an insurrection. Because I mean, Linda lives out in California and I was imagining she was thinking like, we had an orange sky for six months and I was still on Instagram live. It was that feels so long ago, actually. I haven't thought about that in so long. Honestly, I'm really shocked that you have not mentioned Kim and Kanye getting divorced because Kanye has been allegedly hooking up with Jeffree Star. That's what I came here to discuss. I kind of miss those days, actually. Do you think that's why the Capitol was stormed because Kim and Kanye got a divorce? I think people just couldn't handle it. I mean, we had enough scares with like Cardi B and Offset maybe getting divorced. You know, I think people are just like enough, like just make a decision, stick with it. Don't fuck with us. Don't fuck with us and don't fuck with the, with the regular settings in our tabloids. We, we, need, mm -hmm. uh, we need to be distracted. I'm really disappointed at how quiet Twitter was with the Kim and Kanye news. That should have been in my feed of trending. Instead, Olive Garden was trending for a minute. Because of, uh, I don't know who said who made a comment about all these Trumpers returning back to their best Westerns and Marriott's and Olive Garden's. My we Lord. think the election might be stolen, but hey, we get endless breadsticks. Yeah, there was a picture of them, uh, Linda, uh, heading back to the embassy suites. And I was trying to imagine the front desk guy and his reaction watching them walk in. Oh, I feel so bad. I feel so bad for all of these essential workers who really, like, why were these hotels even open during a pandemic to people who are not there for essential travel? It just, like... Yes, DC should be a state. Has anyone like thought of that? I think you're the first one. <laughs> no, really? Wow. <laughs> Let me get that trending on Twitter. David, write that down so we don't forget. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing. I'm writing as we speak. The events of January 6th weren't all danger, vandalism, and insurrection. Take a look at this lighthearted celebratory moment when Eric Trump was joined by his wife, Lara. Our family didn't get in this fight for just four years. We are in this fight to the bitter end. We are going to take our country back, okay? And before we go, there's something very important that I want to make sure everybody knows today. Today happens to be my husband's birthday. Can you guys help me sing happy birthday to my husband? 
Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, guys. We love you. Honey, do you have any birthday present you would like from the United States of America? Well, I'd actually, I have one birthday present that I want from all the senators and all the congressmen. Have some backbone, show some fight, learn from Donald Trump. He has more fight in them than every other one combined. And they need to stand up and we need to march on the Capitol today. And we need to stand up for this country and we need to stand up for what's right. We love you, America. God bless you all. What I want for my birthday is a pony that Donnie and I can hunt down later and shoot. <laughs> I thought the happy birthday song was copyrighted. Aren't you not allowed to sing that without paying somebody like a ton of money? That hasn't yep. stopped them before. <laughs> That'll be one of the many, uh, many groups that the Trump people owe money to at this point. <laughs> Just put it on the list. Did they, Actually, real quick question. Did anybody else get invited to that, I got a text message like two days before that was like, join us on the sixth, blah, blah, blah. And I just don't know how that happened because I'm clearly registered as a Democrat because I got 50 million messages about remembering to vote. So I don't know how I'm also on somebody else's list. Is it possible you're on group texts with somebody who maybe has signed the wrong kind of petitions and things? Yeah, I don't know. The only thing I can think of is I have a very, very, my phone number, I've had it for like 25 years and it's, okay. it, it's been sold and stolen and half a million times. <laughs> so. Yeah. But anyway, I was highly insulted. Yes. yes. It's difficult to understand how Trump supporters don't know that the act of counting votes means he didn't win until you realize that a sizable amount of his supporters don't even know how many teeth they're supposed to have. It seems as though on a daily basis, a new head case tries to come up with a way to discount the fact that Trump lost his re-election bid. Here is one of them, Michigan State Representative Gary Eisen, voicing his plans to a concerned and thus rational talk show host. They technically can't keep me from going into the Capitol on official business. They can't do that, okay? So if they do that today, then we're simply going to move our event to a different location and proceed with uh, what we're gonna do today. And what's that, what event are you uh, planning? What's that again? What, what event are you referring to? <laughs> It'll be all over the news later on. This sounds dangerous, Gary, I, and I'm not kidding it around. Dangerous. You know, I was warned that there's going to be violence, going to be protests. Uh, you know, and they asked me if I would assist today. And I said, you know what? How can I not? Who, who asked, asked you to, Gary who, Gary, who asked you to assist and what kind of assistance are you providing? Okay, originally it was to supply guy, uh, support and uh, escort certain members in and out of the Capitol, okay? And um, I can't go into a lot of it, uh, but, and I was asked to do that. And, and I said, yeah. We're talking with State Representative Gary Eisen. Gary, I- I'm concerned about violence today in Lansing. I understand you're passionate about this. A lot of people are passionate uh, about it. Uh, can you assure me that this is going to be a safe day in, in Lansing? Nobody's going to get hurt? No. <laughs> All right. Hmm. All right. You're going to take part in a possible insurrection and collect my tax dollars and your salary? Hmm. Okay. I should say, uh, uh, in the interest of full disclosure, that was about 
Michigan electors counting the electoral votes uh, last December. So this is going to be a plan to have uh, Republican Trump electors uh, count votes of their own to try and get them certified to hand Michigan to Trump. So that was the context of the uh, of the interview. It's like bringing in the stand-ins on a movie set. (laughs) Bring in the B team. (laughs) He had had the lines. That's right. (laughs) It's just a just to set the just to set the lighting. That's all they're going to (laughs) do. According to former Republican Congressman Denver Riggleman, the voters of Northwest Georgia elected someone tantamount to a social media influencer. Basically, the old lady answering the message board comments on the library computer equivalent of Kim Kardashian. She has claimed that inflammatory posts and comments were done by other people operating her social media account. The other people being the voices in her fucking head. (laughs) In addition to her social media posts, she can often be seen harassing not only elected officials, but also school shooting survivors. As we can see in this video, she posted accosting Parkland shooting survivor, David Hogg. David, why are you supporting the red flag laws? If there had been, if Scott Peterson, the resource officer at Parkland had done his job, then Nicholas Cruz wouldn't have killed anybody in your high school or at least protected them. Why are you supporting red flag gun laws that attack our second amendment rights? And why are you using kids to get to as a barrier? nothing to say because she's chasing him down she sounds like one of those homeless ladies who hasn't showered in months and whose only companion is a shopping bag with a smiley face drawn on it in sharpie where where's a runaway dodge challenger when you need one (laughs) (laughs) she reminds me of one of those people in the mall who ask you to take surveys and you don't want to remember when we could go to malls (laughs) and they keep running after you and chasing you and you keep pretending they don't exist or they, or they keep harassing you to try like some kind of hand lotion or, yeah. or, or just, yeah. no, no, here's, here's something to improve your cuticles. This is for, oh, do you have a, a wife or a girlfriend or a special woman in your life? And like, I've been single for the longest time. I'm like, no, stop rubbing it in my fucking face. <laughs> is my loneliness a joke to you? Maybe you should follow women on the street like that and go, why aren't you dating me? Why aren't you there? Da- do you understand <laughs> And Jay wins for the comment of the evening. <laughs> Look, apparently it could get you on YouTube if anything. <laughs> I was like, he's walking away. Because she says, 
I'm a gun owner. I'm a, I have a carry permit. I'm like, yeah, that's why he's probably why he's walking away because he's afraid, <laughs> okay, this, this woman's going to be nuts. You're admitting you're armed, lady. The debate over social media companies regulating speech will likely never end, with people who know nothing about the concept of the First Amendment making up the more vocal and baffled portion of the debate, as we can see from this disgruntled Twitter user. Why have you been suspended from Twitter? Pass. I mean, have you said racist stuff? I mean, there's ways you get suspended from Twitter being racist, sharing hate. Do you share stuff like that? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, it's it's just... It's just... Stating a disputed opinion. Give an example of a disputed opinion in in the case of you getting suspended. No. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think that guy was super embarrassed. He didn't want to give the real reason, which is that he was probably cyber stalking some woman who ditched him after one date. Mm-hmm. He saw a photo of her with her uh, with her new boyfriend or the latest guy she was going out with and then yeah. just dropped the C-bomb on her. That's what I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Well, he looks at me. He looks at me a bit of a virgin. So I'm agree with mm-hmm. you on that, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, not everyone took Joe Biden's inauguration in stride. Take a listen to this Trump supporters despair as she feels her entire world is ending. President Trump, if you see this, please save us. I don't even see our American flag anymore. Biden's talking with some kind of crazy flag. (laughs) This is America. This is our land. Please, President Trump. Please, please, I hope you have a plan. God, please save us. Save us from the devil, please. Y'all are about to have a panic attack. (laughs) This is our country. Our country. This is awful. God, please save us, please. You know, to be fair, though, I did have the same reaction when the Orioles sent Manny Machado to the Dodgers. So I can I can relate. Chelsea, have you come across anybody like that? Oh, it, it, my, cousin. When, my cousin and my aunt and my uncle are QAnon people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they. Please, are... God, save Chelsea <laughs> from her family. <laughs> they already blocked me, so it's fine. Oh, but they, um, I mean, they're all on parlor now and I'm, they've blocked me on Facebook and, um, it's just, it's, they're in a completely different world from reality. So Chelsea, can you blame marriage for this? Like was the, is the influencing party someone who married into your family or do you think that? Oh, they were always that they were in, um, an actual cult at one point. Like an actual, like when when we were all kids, the, the we do another podcast. Well, in another one. Talk yeah, about family. Yes. <laughs> what cult was it? If you don't mind me asking, I don't want you to out anybody, but I'm very I I know a lot about cults. I don't I don't remember. It was a religious one. Um, yeah. In the Baltimore area, in like the late '80s, um, but I don't know the name of it because I was you know I was a kid at the time, but I you know remember 
my parents being like, oh, you know, they say some crazy things sometimes because they're in a cult. So <laughs> well, at least they let them see you because I mean, you know, the most extreme ones, there's no contact with outsiders. So right. Yeah. But I mean, I did, like I said, they did block me. So I guess, I guess lucky <laughs> winning. <laughs> <laughs> After the disastrous showcase made by Bruce Castor on the first day of the impeachment trial, the Trump defense team decided to change their strategy and have a new lead counsel show an air of competency and demonstrate the highest caliber of legal knowledge. When they scrapped that plan as well, they decided to have their closer be Michael Vanderveen, giving an impassioned argument about the way he wants to call witnesses that we can see in this clip. For the House managers to say we need depositions about things that happened after, it's not just not true. And not by Zoom. None of these depositions should be done by Zoom. We didn't do this hearing by Zoom. These depositions should be done in person, in my office, in Philadelphia. That's where they should be done. I don't know how many civil lawyers are here, but that's the way it works, folks. When you want somebody's deposition, you send a notice of deposition, and they appear at the place where the notice says. That's civil process. I don't know why you're laughing. I haven't laughed at any of you. And there's nothing laughable here. (laughs) (laughs) That was just such a beautiful moment that they all started laughing at him. I mean, he's trying his best to be this outrageous bully, personal injury lawyer in our Senate chamber. And they all just laughed at him. It was the perfect takedown. And he has no idea why. Exactly. That they're laughing at him, not with him. Right. I only watched maybe a grand total of 45 minutes of the entire impeachment trial. And I happened to catch that live and rewatched it about five times. So I feel like I I really won the lottery on uh, watching the impeachment. (laughs) That was a great part for him. That was the best part of when he was speaking, when they all laughed at him. And and the Philadelphia, Philadelphia too. (laughs) I mean, if you're from a place, you should be able to pronounce it correctly, presumably, but. Can you imagine like this guy's ads that he's going to put on TV now? He's going to probably use his Senate impeachment trial expertise to try and get more clients. Have your actions at work caused someone to be injured? Call us. (laughs) Some of the House manager exhibits in the impeachment trial included portions of the January 6th speech by Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. As a result of his post-election escapades, he will be forever scarred by his false claims of election fraud. And he is clearly aware of it as we can hear from his reaction to a disclaimer aired before his radio appearance. The views, assumptions, and opinions expressed by former U.S. attorney, former attorney to the President of the United States, and New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, his guests and callers on his program are strictly their own and do not necessarily represent the opinions, beliefs, or policies of WABC Radio. Now, it's former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani on New York's Talk Radio 77 WABC. I would have thought they would have told me about that before just doing what they just did. Eh, rather insulting. And gives you a sense of how far this uh, free speech thing has gone. They've got to warn you about me? I also think putting it on without telling me, not the right thing to do. Not the right thing to do at all. 
Like he's blindsided by a pre-recorded radio <laughs> clip, but he walked around Ground Zero acting like a tourist. Oh, this is nice. Is this a paint job you've done here? No, Mr. Mayor, terrorist attack. Well, I got to tell you, when I, mean, I did my radio show, we had something similar to that before every show. Now, maybe they knew me and they decided they needed to have it. <laughs> that really isn't that unusual in an opinion show for a radio station to do that. At least that's what I experienced. So Dominion, Dominion uh, the election uh, company, the ones that make the, the machines. If you're going to sue someone, we're telling you, we know he's full of crap. That's what, that's what that means. We know he's full of crap. We're just giving him our airtime. Because we want the if, advertising dollars that it's yeah. going to bring in or the money he's spending for the spot. If you're well, going to sue somebody, Dominion, sue him. <laughs> we know he's full of crap. I'm surprised he even noticed I feel like Rudy Giuliani lives in his own head. Like he's just, he's just, he just does him and does Trump. Like I, when I do radio, we have that same disclaimer message. I don't think I've ever listened to it once. So like <laughs> now I feel stupid that Rudy Giuliani is smarter than me that he <laughs> the disclaimer. And I've never, I've never fully, if you ask me what our disclaimer is, all I know is that something, 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 not responsible, something, something, something like <laughs> <laughs> he had more to say about his disclaimer <laughs> than I could tell you. And I've heard it like a million times. Or maybe you weren't offended by it. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> but it doesn't I'm, take, I don't think it takes much to offend Rudy. <laughs> I mean, if you can fart in public, I think you're good. Well, and and just to be clear, all the opinions I'm expressing here are mine and not my clients. <laughs> if you're going to sue somebody, don't sue Tom. <laughs> oh i think I, I i don't think the people who put the show on ipm nation where the show airs uh actually listens to it because we do not have a disclaimer before they air the show which is amazing <laughs> i got picked up by another uh online like, like the podcast is available on various podcast networks apple spotify there's another it's a local internet radio station who wants to air this show and i think they're going to start doing that this week and they said okay well what uh, here's some times we have they were all mid-afternoon like it's okay to air the show mid-afternoon because of the content and i think it was right then and there that this guy realized that he didn't listen to the show <laughs> so after a few days he texts me back and says okay here's what i'm gonna do I can give you Mondays at midnight. Like that's the best <laughs> I can do. That's the only slot that we have. Like what else are you airing after midnight that yeah. you don't have? Like I'm the last vestige of entertainment for you. That'll come with a disclaimer. And honestly, I've heard worse things about myself. So I could honestly give a shit what it is. <laughs> Before we go, my final thought. Recent events have led me to examine what is reality for some and not for others, and how other people's perceptions of reality are based in anything but. And I came to the conclusion that it is time for a wake-up call. It really is time for a reality check for most of you. No, this isn't directed at anyone who believes there was cheating in the election and that it was stolen or whether you think the impeachment trial is even legal. My reality check for you is somewhat personal. Despite what you see on those late-night TV ads, it's all lies. None of the singles in your area are hot and they don't want to fuck you. No, seriously. They're not even waiting for your call because the very idea of communicating with you disgusts them. Good night.
This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, Michelle Wojcikowski, Linda Landeros, David Kay, Sidney Allen, Lucy Strasball, Chelsea Carr, J.J. Boyd, Shireen Kassam, Ward Morrow, and Amy Siskin. Theme music by Euron Vanden Heurich. Executive producer, Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.